0: what's up everyone welcome to the first episode of pickleball cut house my name is clifford this episode is
1: brought to you by virus all righty y'all i'm bk i'll be your co-host for the day um cliff and i wanted to start this podcast a while ago uh we just thought you know we've had a lot of discussions with our friends after pickleball over drinks and we just figured uh it's good content so Maybe we should bring it to the public. So that's exactly what we're going to do here today is we have three of our favorite friends and pickleball players in the house. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, we call them friends sometimes, but they can be pretty annoying, which is good for a podcast. So without further ado, we got our good friends, David Nell, Joey Moore, Dave the Badger. and Ed Perez. Dave the Badger. Yeah, yeah. Old school nickname. If you've ever watched some of the pirate videos, that's uh, that's an old school throwback right there. But how are we doing, guys? Intro. Good, good. Um,
2: my name is Dave the Badger. Nell. Uh, I can speak six languages fluent. <laughs> uh, born in Cape Town, South Africa, I hold American citizenship, South African citizenship, Namibian citizenship, and British citizenship. So I'm also uh, a five-zero player. Uh, but due to the ratings, uh, I'm a five-zero player. But I'm probably closer to a five-five.
3: And yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Joey, um, do live, breathe, and eat, slipple, sleep pickleball. (laughs) Did this for five years. Pickleball Pirates I have. I'm Cliff's number one competitor. It's
4: more subs than (laughs) ass. My name's Edward Perez. I've been playing pickleball for a few years, so I got lucky to to get introduced to all these guys a couple years ago, and, you know, it's been getting it, just got addicted to it. So I'm trying my hand at the pro side, so, you know, finding a little success here and there, So, but we'll, we'll see how it keeps going.
1: Yeah, rising star on our hands, so uh, definitely look out for Ed um, as he rises through the ranks. But without further ado, we're going to get right into this. So one of the topics that we were talking about before we thought about launching the podcast was, of course, all the Paddle Wars. Cliff right here just came out with his new Paddle divorce. so we've been looking at all the technology and what other companies are doing and what they're releasing. And we had a few issues every now and then, but um, what we really wanted to cover right now is some of the... I want to say sportsmanship that's going on in the paddle world Um, as far as some of the colors and stuff that's going on that's really affecting play. Um, MLP recently announced that some colors would be banned from pickleball paddles, but uh, we still have paddle companies coming out with colors that make it really hard to see the ball. So I'm going to let David take this off and and, and go on a little bit of a rant here.
2: Well, I mean, you know, uh, for one, we have, obviously Selkirk is sponsoring every second player now. So, when we're, you know, when I'm showing up at uh, Clear One for our weekly little tournament, you know, there's like 20 guys showing up with white paddles. So, um, you white know... White shirt, und- white shirt. And yeah. white shirts as well. And and so, you know, uh, under those lights, uh, you know, hands paddles is very tough to, to be competitive. Um, I know Edward has, he has doubler twos. Yet, every time he shows up at Clear One, he shows up with the, with the white uh, power air. So... I love the power air. It's a great paddle. I mean, probably because it's white, nobody can see the ball of it. But, you
3: know, quite, I just think that, yeah, it should be bad. As do uh, white shirts, Joey. We won that tournament. White shirt, white paddle. No one could see the ball coming off my paddle. And I split yeah, it up every no, time. No, it's, it's That's uh, why I'm white tonight. Yeah, it's,
2: it's definitely not. Um, it definitely is a problem.
3: Yeah.
0: Definitely is a problem seriously this is something the company they have like to start looking into it because when you get like when the light is not that good and you start like yeah it's fine when you serve we turn but as soon as the ball like start coming fast so there's no way
1: you yes yeah, so no, in, a, in a hands pedal you're 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 a sitting duck I mean exactly Selker obviously knows right because like even after they announced the color change and everything they just put out a new pedal that I know I think it's supposed to release soon but they've already done all the marketing for it and it's the exact same color as the as the Dura ball, like it's the exact same beige gold color as the ball it's got to be intentional because like they got they got slack for it last time when they released the Tyson colorway and now they're coming out with a paddle that's completely just the exact color of the Dora and just to get away with the rules they put like a sliver of black at the bottom so that they meet the percentages that they need i mean it's it's got to be douchebaggery right well i think well i think what uh i think the the
2: flip side of it is that everybody's going to buy that paddle and then once everybody that everybody wakes up and starts changing the rule everybody's
0: going to buy a new paddle so you know uh good for them right? that that's a good business strategy so what do you mean like the same thing that's happened like with the chainsaw serve after that the central serve was banned like those 5.0 player like 6.0 they become 4.0 this is what you mean
2: uh no no, I mean, there's one pro that I can think of that's, uh his career died, died with with the Spencer. But um, you know, again, the Spencer was it was pretty brutal.
3: Was, Morgan Evans, huh? Oh <laughs> no, 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 he's one of my favorite. Players. I love Morgan Evans. I've talked to him a lot. He's so cool. Oh yeah, no, so he's cool guy. Yeah, uh, except for the fact that he's
2: Australian, but uh, <laughs> apart from that, he's a, yeah. I thought he's he's got some good tips. Good, yeah, I like him.
4: Now, the one thing, the one thing I think with the with the Selkirk and just the paddle dilemma is the rule is MLP is banning it, right? It has to be the certain percentages. USAPA is not banning it. PPA is not banning it. APP is not banning it. There needs to be, and the USCA, USAPA doesn't have power anymore, like at all. Like the PPA, when you go to play a PPA tournament, the referee doesn't ask you, "Oh, is this is this approved?" They just check the paddle, make sure that it's not delaminated or or has some sticky stuff on it right Mm. and then when you go to the APP you have the USAPA officials there and even they are saying we can't really do anything right they keep telling us they keep telling the pros hey don't it's going to come down eventually that it's going to say a blanket ban on white paddles but there's no power with it MLP is going to make up their own rules PPA is going to have their own rules APP is going to kind of eventually seem to go and make their own rules as well so until there's a blanket ban, the you USAPA know, they... is going to disappear. Exactly, yeah. I think I think the USAPA is going to disappear. You you don't have this, you know. In tennis, they have they have certain regulations with tennis and whatnot. And pickleball seems to try to not be as as tennis as possible, but they need to look at tennis and take the best out of it and bring it out, and then make it their own. Correct.
1: I mean, yeah. Until the rules change again, with all the different organizations that are going on right now. um... We'll get into the MLP, PPA stuff in a bit, but yeah, there's just too many organizations out there, and until somebody comes up with a standard rule for all of pickleball, I guess uh, companies like Selkirk are free to do whatever they want. Um, well, we did touch on this. David touched on it a little bit. Um, with Selkirk's just sponsoring every single person out there, uh, is it something that you see that will affect the game? Again, MLP and PPA have now given out guaranteed contracts when they went out with their split, so there's a lot of players right now that are getting officially paid to play pickleball, while there's also players like under the soccer, um deals where they're getting paid to play tournaments, they're getting free gear. Um, Selkirk's structure is a little bit different where instead of giving people commissions, they're just giving them gift cards and more free Selkirk stuff, which again, great marketing strategy, no qualms about that. But how do you see all these new companies that are coming in being affected by bigger companies just poaching all the players?
2: Well, it's going to end up like, like golf i mean you have 500 club companies and and eventually there's going to be two or three that that survives and you know if there's somebody that comes out with something great they're either going to copy it or they're going to buy the company if it's if, if it gets to you know patent infringement uh, lawsuits uh so but i mean everybody wants to try their hand at at uh, making paddles i mean it's it's not i mean it's a it's not a it's a low entry barrier so you know good for them uh, i mean if, we, if it wasn't for um the guys at legacy and and 6-0 we probably wouldn't have uh, uh thermoformed uh paddles in the way that that it's going now so you know i i like new entries into you know there's definitely too many uh not everybody's gonna gonna su- survive but the good ones will survive and then eventually you'll see like the real real big ones i don't think uh I mean you know yola had real success signing ben johns which franklin did as well so you know he's kind of like the tiger woods in in pickleball but i don't really think that selkirk i mean you know selkirk's business strategy of of you know signing up people to sell paddles is obviously it's working for them so you know it's it's good yola's got a different strategy you know more like high level players, and you know, no offense, uh, <laughs> any,
0: but yeah. So, so what do you think about that? Ed?
4: Well, the one thing I think with the <laughs> with like the Selkirk like Emerging Pro Program, their advocate program, and all of the you know. disclaimer, I'm a part of the Emerging Pro Program, oh, but no. it's <laughs> the one thing I think, especially now with the rumors that are out there with like Tyson leaving, they brought Jack Sock in, that got confirmed last week. It's a huge deal that they got Jack Sock, but to me. Obviously, Jack's not going to sell that many paddles. Like you know, most most of the pickleball community, unless you came from tennis, has no idea who Jack Sock is. Jack Sock, love him as a player. You know, it's guy's awesome, great individual as well. Just in pickleball, he's only played one tournament. He did well with it, but it's like he's not going to sell paddles. the The whole Selkirk thing now is, hey, let's sign a bunch of players. Let's try to pick up a bunch of these people and hope to hope to get essentially kind of like the next Colin Shick and type of thing. You know, somebody that's going to. Start low and get big, but Let's then. that <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're gonna make so much money off of that, like right? Tyson. Everyone associated Tyson with Selkirk, right? And then Selkirk with Tyson. That was that was like the perfect this combination. Is,
0: this is this is my issue too, because when you think about Selkirk, you see Tyson. Exactly. So, hey, when you think about Yola right now,
4: you think Ben. Yeah. Exactly. And the so, thing with Yola, it's like they, you know, right? Their biggest money maker and, and seller is Ben Johns, right? Uh, if Yola didn't have Ben. I, I don't think YOLA, even though they're this massive conglomerate, I don't think YOLA would have had as much success without Ben, right? If they surprised. saw anyone else, you know, it's like they got really good players. They got Federico, Leia, <laughs> uh, they, got, they got, you know, Colin now, they have Anna Bright. Yeah. But it's like none of those players, as amazing as they are, are going to move millions of units, no. you know, right? You got Ben, Tyson, those are kind of like the two big boys, right? And then you have yeah. the smaller companies now, I think, that are are really kind of pushing the innovation, you know, Selkirk has Selkirk labs and they're pushing innovation heavily and that's great. But then you have these smaller companies like David touched on legacy six zero that kind of started this thermo foaming and then Yola kind of came in and hasn't really, you know, it's not like they're innovating. They're kind of just copying the, the thermo foam situation and then just kind of throwing yeah, their stuff popular, on it. it exactly.
0: What circuit is trying to do right now, is trying to be like very different from Yola. So if Yola got Ben John, like the face. Now they try, like, to get everybody. This I think this is one of the reasons that they, I don't know, they get rid a little bit of Tyson. So I don't know if it's a right move. is the best move, but it's their move.
4: I'm surprised Tyson's going, you know, the rumor, right? It's a rumor. I'm surprised if it is true. If he does go to Yola, I'd be surprised. It's just not, I don't know.
0: Oh, why does it come to me? Come on. You yeah. he can, he can play with the <laughs> yeah. virus. Get the virus. Yeah, get the virus. I mean,
1: the that move that right yeah. there is interesting. If, uh... You know, we've seen it in tennis. Like, we've had the big three with Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer. And the good thing was that was none of them competed for the same racket company. Like, they never competed for the same company because they all were. They faced off a specific company. So if Tyson now, if the rumor is right that Tyson's leaving Selkirk for Yola, does that now put him at a lower standing? Because people will still associate Yola with Ben Johns and not Tyson. And is that going to affect his brand or is it just going to elevate him up being second fiddle to Ben Johns there too. This is what I was thinking when I say he should
0: come with various like start with like a small company. <laughs> or I start something new. Yes, start something new or they're going to they're going to copy the Selkirk paddle. Yeah,
2: you know, the Yola paddle that looks like the Tyson McGuffin and Selkirk paddle.
1: <laughs> Grab some some Selkirk customers. Yeah, I mean but isn't isn't the thing like you have if you think of Wilson, right, you automatically think Federer. If I mention Babolat, you automatically think Brawl. If yeah. I mention Head, you automatically think Joker. Like, it's just it's just the way things go because, like, you're associating that player with that brand based on them being one of the best in the world at what they do. And I don't think there's ever going to come a point where if I mention the name Yola, people are going to think of Tyson instead of Ben No everybody's going to still think of Ben. Yeah. Is that hurting Tyson's market value? Yeah. Sure. I, I, would say, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I would tell you that even now when you talk about Franklin, mm-hmm. you still think.
1: Yeah. Even though J-Dub's no, still, they, yeah. J-Dub's their biggest like, player the way, now, but you yeah. still associate Franklin with yeah. Ben Johns. Like, What what paddle company do you think of
3: Anna Lee Waters when I say her? Yeah, you say Paddle Tech, you I'm think AOW? Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah That's
1: but, fun. But, but why is she with Paddle Tech? That's my point. But the thing is, like for them, it's it's a mutually it's it's mutually successful for them because if I say paddle tech, you're still thinking of ALW and none of their other players. I oh, am, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, however, if I say Yola and Tyson now signs with Yola, like people are still gonna associate that with Ben. It's not hurting Yola in any way, but is it hurting Tyson to sign with a brand where not only is he second fiddle in the rankings to Ben Johns for years and years and years, but he's also now going to be second fiddle in a paddle company. Where he could be the face of someone new that's going to compete with Yola, versus now Yola would probably just dominate the market and Tyson will play second fiddle. No, I would you good. rather see him somewhere else and help him grow his own brand?
2: No, oh, he's. I mean, if you look at like Taylor Made in Golf, like they yeah. all the top guys, right? So what you're going to see is you're going to see you're going to see uh, Tyson go to Yola, and they're going to make him
1: a paddle that looks like Selkirk. Just change the branding up a bit, exactly. so like completely look different from what Ben Jones be, Hopefully, will not
2: be white. No, it's going to have the hole. It's going <laughs> <gonna have> to have <laughs> the shake. <laughs> everything.
4: I guarantee it's going to be white. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> would if viola made if some. They short. came out with a white pattern. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they made some version of like the OO two, right? Yeah, you know, it but might be like yeah, red and white. Too. Yeah, no, who knows? But it's like yeah, I don't know. I think I think love Tyson to death, but I think him leaving Selkirk and who knows who knows what's going on in the background with it all right but it's yeah. like again right this the branding itself even though Tyson hasn't, hasn't worn Selkirk clothing in you know whatever it is a year and a yeah. half he's got Skechers now he's got um, what's the other what's the other big one that he's with Chubbies yeah Chubbies and whatnot but it's like those two big companies right there are kind of behind them on the clothing front same thing with like Catherine right Catherine doesn't wear anything Selkirk it's all no, yeah it's she all Skechers, Ske- Skechers. Um, but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see like Julian Arnold I feel like he, he kind of went smart about it and just said i'm just gonna go make my own battle hmm. and just do whatever i want and be be happy with it right you know and he's he gets to do whatever he needs to do it. and the same thing with like riley newman right he left gamma because gamma was not giving him i guess what he wanted and then he just went to takea and takea said hey we'll pay you to go to taiwan go go do you <laughs> go go do whatever you want to do so so and he's got new stuff coming out too so we'll see yeah, well, it's
1: interesting that you brought up the 002. Um, that is something I wanted to talk about. Selkirk did, well, I don't, have they officially announced that they're taking it off the market? But the rumor is they're taking taking it off the market. And even though it was their best paddle, it was the paddle that all the pros preferred, Is probably the best paddle in their lineup. But the rumor is that the cost of production for them was too high, even though they're charging $300 plus a paddle. Um Is that something that you see will affect more players down the line with Selkirk not competing quality wise? Like I don't know anybody that has a Selkirk paddle in tier one of tier or tier two of like the best paddles or in the market, but they're taking away their number one selling paddle or number one performing paddle for a reason which is just money, like they're not making enough money off of it. Well, maybe maybe
2: the reason they're not making money off of it is because no one can play it except the pros like it's a tough paddle to play with really so nice. it's very poppy um so it takes quite a while to get used to once you're used to it, it's you know it's a great i you know i played with Mike quite quite a bit it was it's really nice especially for singles and doubles you better have buttery hands I and mean, that thing is tough to play with. so <laughs> so they probably don't sell a lot of them maybe they don't sell it really
0: this enough. is one of the thing i want to touch too, because usually people confuse that so let's say, I don't know, maybe 10% or 5% of the pro that play with the paddle. That doesn't mean because like Ben John is playing like with the purses, you're going to buy the purses, he's going to make you a better player, you're going to play better with it. I think this is one of the things I would like to start like teaching in this podcast, like start like educate people about paddle. So what, let's say, depend on your level, what you are looking for in a paddle. So since I've been like, now I'm like in the paddle industry now, so I have like to after 30, so I know a lot about paddle now. So, yeah, I just want to help. So this is the idea. This is one of the reasons we made the virus too. So we make like a paddle that is easy, like, to play with. It doesn't matter your level. And we can adapt, up like with almost like everybody. Okay, even Mark Napatovich is still complaining <laughs> about how Kyle Yates uh, loved it. Kyle Yates loved it. You did. That's a fact. Yeah. So this is the thing.
4: I think they need to go down the route of I think, just in tennis, right? No tennis player that is ranked in the top 50, top 100, top 200, whatever. None of them are playing with stock rackets at all. Like, Roger, you know, I remember uh, in 2015, I can remember this vividly. I'm at the Delray Beach Open, and Steve Johnson, I'm watching him practice, and he his hand slipped. Uh racket flies out, it cracks a little bit. He gives it to me. I'm the only person there watching him practice. Gives me the racket and it's a Babolat uh Aero. The Babolat the one that Dal uses, the yellow one. And I'm I thinking practicing with that? No, Steve jo- with Steve that? Johnson. Okay, yeah. And I and I and I grabbed the rack and I'm all excited. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm, this is the best thing ever." But then when I went to the store, I had I took a the, the Babolat stock Babolat and they're completely different things. And then I find out that there is with tennis it's all molds. So like Djokovic is using the mold from like 1998. Andy Murray's using a mold, a head ra- radical mold from like 1995. Nadal's using his, the same racket that he's been using for whatever, 10 years. Federer didn't, was using the same pro staff that he had been using since the start of his career. Yep. Up until 2015 when he yep. made the switch finally, and then that revitalized his career. I think pickleball, and this is where we were talking about earlier with the USAPA not having all that much power, and it's going to go up to the pro tour soon. I think pros need to just have their own thing. Just have an 002 or something like if you know if you don't want to make it available to the public anymore just have the 002 be in the hands of tyson and whoever and then out in the market you know then you'll have yeah. the power errors and whatnot no, i hear what you're saying but it's uh you know does it make sense to have
2: your so this is the thing with with tyson so when the when the 002 came out first uh the first time it came out he was still playing with the old invictus right so You've got this guy just on you know social media and advertising just just singing the praises of this paddle and how great it is and he shows up at a tournament with playing another paddle so you know now you're like okay so why is he playing you know at least with the rackets you know it's very similar i mean you know it's obviously the rackets are like way uh, way heavier and all that kind of stuff yeah you can hide it a little bit but you can hide it but at least it looks similar um but again to to the fact i think i think that the pros now are playing like customized paddles i mean if you i've heard that um Annalie waters got the loudest paddle in the in the tournament so maybe she's got a kevlar core in hers which is is tremendously poppy but which is not going to work for the for
1: the average player but yeah. it looks the same so, I mean, that, that is a big one. Emily, very obviously has a paddle that is not on the market. Like her paddle with paddle Tech, I think they released it with the Bantam with just her design on it, but she's obviously not using the Bantam. Like that is not, wow. not what she's using. Her paddle is extraordinary, but again, I think the problem with paddletech was the cost of production to make her specific paddle is so high. They don't want to put that out to the market because then they'd have to charge like $400, $500 a piece for it which they don't want to do. And I think that's the problem that silica ran, ran into was they were giving the pros a paddle that was very expensive to make. And then they were charging the public $333 for it. So nobody wanted to pay for it and buy it, which now meant that paddle was not making any money for them. So now they have to take it off the market. But as Ed said, I think like, it's gotta to come to the point where the pros are just gonna have different paddles than than the amateurs just because the pros are gonna need more specific equipment tailored to them. So um, that is something to look out for. I know the cost of paddles have been going up, but with the new thermoform paddles, I think we've settled on a nice niche at about one hundred eighty dollars. But uh, it's way too expensive. There are oh, yeah, is not well compared to one hundred eighty. Compared compared to carbon and selkirk that are charging yeah. over two hundred fifty and engage uh, charging yeah, over two hundred fifty a paddle. I mean, Which is what you're saying, but
2: let's compare it to to tennis rackets. Yeah, and. You know, if you look at the numbers that they're, which I think is fake, they're saying like what thirty-six million people are playing pickleball, so these guys must be selling a lot of paddles so that they
3: <laughs> they double counted everyone. You know, they gotta
2: maybe yeah, that, that, yeah, that that gotta be, that, that gotta or, be selling paddles. <laughs> inflated, but you know, do
0: you know do you know how much it's gonna cost you like to to make a battle? So fifty cents. <laughs> so you don't, you don't have any idea. So, I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is why you, you're giving your opinion. The thing is, what
2: I'm saying is, like, if you, uh, how many pedals does YOLA sell? A, lot. a million?
1: A lot. I don't know. Way mil- more than yes. that. Yeah, it got to uh, be more It's got to be that. more, I feel it got to be more well, than let's say
2: a million. Um, you, when you, yeah, when you, pr- when you have a million pedals in your production, like, it's not going to be above 20 bucks. Yeah, maybe, but this is the cost of
1: the. Buy. Yes, you but gotta you have to. No. Yeah, you're that, well, you, you gotta, gotta pay Ben pay. jobs twenty million. Yeah, back, not yeah. but right now the margins are really high for yeah, for got, oh, right. profit margins are really high. Yeah, you have to pay tax. Like you have to pay for shipping. Like, there's a lot. Coming. You have to accept returns,
0: yeah.
4: warranty. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The one thing I will say too, and it's like, you know, the pickleball paddle industry is a lot more lucrative. I feel like compared to that of obviously like tennis or golf or something. Yeah. I am surprised, and this doesn't get but talked goals. about enough. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. true. Yeah. I am surprised the big tennis companies haven't actually taken pickleball seriously. Because... The, Wilson, Babolat, no, Head, none of them are taking pickleball seriously. It's crazy. I'll tell you something. You need
0: to know. So what you have to do, you have to find somebody that knows, like, actually about paddle, about that really play pickleball. So this is the idea with me. I've been playing, like, for a long time. And... I've been teaching too. So I understand people. I work with people. I know like a 2.5, and 4, 5, or like a 6.0 top. I know what they're looking for. Okay. So when you have that knowledge, that gives you like that possibility, like to create something. You're not going to go, I'm not going to, I would never like create. A, if you're a pro right now, it doesn't matter who you are right now. You're going to play with the virus battle. You're going to say, okay, I can play with it. They're not going to play with it because they're like on the contract. Okay. But they they never gonna say, Oh, that is just garbage because actually what they need, they're gonna fight it in the battle. That's it. It just it's just the shoe because I know what I was doing and I put I put it together very
4: well. Oh, absolutely. And you know, that's the one thing I think that's one thing I like about smaller companies is that you have more you have that more control with the the production and you can talk to people on the ground and stuff. You know, I've heard yeah, exactly. And I've heard from like, say, for example, a Scott Fliegelman, who's a senior pro, he was a consultant for Babylon And then he left. And so then Babelot hasn't built a good paddle and you know, who knows how long, if they ever had one. Uh <laughs> Eric Rainbow Lang Rainbow was Rainbow working. Yeah, exactly. Eric Lang was working with head and now he's gone to go play pro pickleball. Wilson, I, I don't know, I think they had what one I think one pro. I think it was um yeah. well. What's it called? Nasty. Yeah. Yeah, but now he's with Yola, huh?
0: Yeah,
4: <laughs> Yola. Exactly. Adidas,
0: they got all the money in the world.
4: Yeah, but here's the one thing with Adidas, uh, is you know bombshell. Adidas has nothing to do with Adidas. It's yeah. just a licensing deal. That's mm-hmm. uh, they don't. They, it's just a company that uh, they came from Padel, so in the same thing, and they had a licensing deal in Padel with Adidas. So it's not actually Adidas, right? Oh, okay, you know that's why like, Nike. What? Yeah, that's like like that's like Nike, right? Yeah, they, they just get to sell off the name. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's yeah. Just the licensing deals. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which is is cool. Like I don't think Wilson, Head, um, Babolat—they'll ever take pickleball seriously. Because again, market is right now—it's way too saturated, and it, well, from a business sense, well, it doesn't make sense for them to yeah, come they, in when they well, have such an established force on the other side. It's the only thing they have to do, if if somebody tells
2: me if if Babolat comes to me and say, "Run out uh, pickleball equipment brand." I said, right, give me 10 more, and I'll sign Ben Johns. <laughs> Money in the bank. He's going to sell a million paddles on his own. That's, you know, That's look, at, look at yeah. it. Franklin.
0: That's right, actually. Franklin, yeah. Franklin will, yeah. no, But Ben Johns got a laugh contract with you.
1: Well, buy him out.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but there's going to be out. somebody. There's going to be... like there's, look at this, Yeah,
1: fr- there's still going to be
4: people that you... Can, yeah, pickleball yeah. cool yeah. is such a like young... Got Connor coming up. Yeah. Baseball's such a young sport, right? Yeah. Like yeah. guy that moves the needle. You know, somebody, somebody in ten years is going to be even better than what Ben was, and somebody after that, like who would you know in in nineteen ninety four or ninety six, right? When Pete Sampras is at the top of the game, when he hit fourteen grand slams, I don't think a single human being on the surface is like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to surpass that. When Kareem hit, you know, whatever it was thirty two thousand points or whatever, I don't think anyone thought somebody's going to surpass that, you know, so. That's fair. When Jack Nicholas won, you know his his uh all his majors. You know Tiger. Tiger came close. Yeah. You know. yeah, he yeah. came cheat on his girl. You know he was done it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, speaking of <sighs> players that move the needle, um, we did talk about the MLP PPA merger just a touch, but right before they merged, they were obviously split. There was some bad blood going on, and both companies were in a scramble to sign all the pros. So now we have all these players that are under a contract that could potentially move the needle at some point. But um, what are your thoughts about one, the MLP and PPA originally coming together, talking about a deal and then splitting up, signing all the players and now coming back together. It's just been a, it's been a wild ride. I
4: think I, I feel bad for like the, the, the decision makers in the lower end that were signing all the players. Cause what I've been told is like they gave, there were budgets and they said, Hey, Go sign who you can, and then they went all out. But at the top, they weren't connected, right? Like Steve Kuhn and and Dundan were not speaking to these like the sitting, like these like leaders, right? And then so you had this massive war going on for a week. All these players get signed. And then it's like they're gonna all have all these players are gonna have guaranteed money. I've been told that none of these contracts are being voided. It's all gonna be legit. They're all gonna be enforced starting January one. But you're gonna have 24 teams in MLP and you're gonna have 150 players when only 96 slots are available, right? So it's going to be weird. It'll be weird to see what's going to happen when you have all this money being guaranteed to a lot of players and not, you know, MLP itself is not for, you know, for what I've been seeing, isn't making a lot of money.
0: Like, well, you know, I mean, so, so how they do that? I, I, how they make money, first of all.
4: I don't know in reality. Like, you know, like you have sponsorships, right? You have sponsorships yeah, and whatnot. Sponsorships. Yeah. But even, like, broadcasting, right? Like, everything's on YouTube, so you're not really making money off broadcasting deals.
2: On, there's some stuff on... I think they channel, put the... DCPN yeah, I think you put CBS the
4: finals, right? Like
1: now, like now the reason I think MLP has a lot more money than PPA does is because MLP has teams, and yep. teams have owners. So, like, that's where their money right now is coming from, is people that are investing into the sport, hoping it pick up, so... And they have Steve. Right? Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so like, most leagues, like, they way. have teams and team owners that are... <laughs> that are pitching in the money to pay the players and all of that because again they run the teams and they're hoping that the teams will eventually make money so they're doing like clinics again we we have the orlando squeeze in our backyard and they're running tournaments they're selling merchandise they're doing all this different stuff to market their events they're bringing bring players like all their pro players out to events again they're trying different ways to make money so again because the team owners are incentivized to make this work for themselves they're putting in money so that they can get back more money. So obviously the MLP has more yeah, money got than the PBA does. Yeah. Again, long way to go, but the team owners are rich. Like for them well, this We is have the like fire. what yeah, branches,
3: James, Drew Free, Streaming Green. You know, I mean MLP won't go out of business. Yeah. Like it yeah. won't. But you the know PBA that
1: on the entire entire hand, of Money this whole like scramble happened, like they got nothing but what they have, right? So like, because they don't have like twenty four team owners to bank on that can kind of fund their their process. So Again, they ended up, I think, with much less players in the MLP side, right?
4: Yeah, Elite. I think it was. I think the the quality they 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 yeah. were top heavy,
1: right? Yeah, they like got a they lot got of the they KPAs. got Ben Johnson and Lee, yep. and there was a significant drop off because like MLP ended up getting everybody else, and the one good thing when they were split and ha- had all these permanent contracts was. Since they were two separate branches, now there was a lot more room for amateurs to rise up the ranks. Yeah. is because they could play two separate things. But now that they're merged, as you mentioned, like, there are probably 96 pro slots yeah. available and like 150 signed players. Which means players that are not signed, how are they now going to try and get into this professional pickleball world when MLP and PPA now are incentivized to bring up the 150 that they've already signed because they're paying these players? So they have no incentive to go out and recruit new talent. Like, how do you think that affects the sport?
4: So two things I want to touch on.
2: Become a rich person. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you don't have rich parents, you're not going to be like. Yeah, it might. It
4: might. It might turn into the bad parts of tennis, where money is going to win, and you're going to miss out on all on a lot of talent. Right. This is why soccer, you know, is great because it's like you could be a poor kid in the middle of Brazil, and if you are darn good, you're going to get noticed. Right. But two things I want to touch on. In terms of MLP, at one point, these owners are going to be annoyed. And, you know, to what I'm thinking, they're going to get annoyed getting capital called every other month saying, hey, we need another million, another million, another million. And they have a lot of these original owners that are, you know, they all invested whatever it was, 250 at the beginning saying, man, you know, yeah. now we're in for, you know, $10 million? Like, where, where are we getting, how are we going to recoup this money? China. How so. about that? China. China. We need yeah, we need time to time to time to get the bail. China, from the, the Saudi on the Chinese the bank. Saudi's
2: got money to splash. Well <laughs> well prices at three <laughs> fifty.
4: Get get the well get the the pickleball the pickleball lives. Up. Pumping well. Wow. But You're then to touch okay. on then to touch on the question with you know having all these pros and not having enough slots, they need to this is This is, again, where I keep bringing up tennis has a great system. albeit On the money side, it's not the the best in the world, but it's like you have the Futures Tournaments Challenger, and then you have the ATP World Tour. PPA, earlier this year, I played in an event called the PPA Futures Tournament in Salt Lake City. And the the whole point of the tournament was, hey, they basically advertised it. If you were playing in qualifiers and you keep making the main draw, but then you keep losing the first or second round, this is your tournament to go to because it gave you points, it gave you prize money, and the winner's... The gold medal winners of each of these events—singles, mixed doubles, and doubles—got a PPA tour card for three months. That's cool. It was cool. Yeah. Like you had, for example, on the single side of things, it was like I, I got fourth placed. I lost to Jaume Martinez Vic, yeah, good player. Who was who was, who was a top right? Who was a top five, top ten <laughs> player right now? Yeah. Lost to him. Um, in in the actual draw itself, in the singles draw, you had a lot of these really good players that were all playing on doubles. A lot of really good players, like you know Todd Foe, who's playing for. Uh, who just won MLP just now, yeah. he was playing in it. You had all these other really good players. Susanna Barr was playing on the women's side. Ali Phillips was playing. Uh, Angie Walker. You had all these like really good players that just won one of the points for the PPA and one of the tour card. If the PPA or MLP does some sort of developmental system, you can't put the APP in there. APP is its own system. They have their own tournaments. People keep bringing up, like, oh, the APP could be developmental. But the APP has got their own... Yeah, they have their own developmental system with their. They, develop, next, they, they yeah. develop,
2: yeah, and, I mean the guy develops them, uh, great for him, and then they sign with the MLP
4: exactly, and they're that's making he, you know
2: that's exactly
4: well, yes. all these Nexen players are making so much money now. Yeah. So yes, great, sir. great job, Ken yes, Herman. No problem? I mean, good. For, I love Ken Herman. If they,
2: if they let's say they spent forty million, they probably spent like forty million on on these new contracts. I would say instead of just giving a hundred players this 40 million because they're not now people saying, well, they're going to quit their day jobs. They're going to, you know, practice and get better. They're also going to get older, but nobody knew is coming in because who's going to pay 2k to shop at a tournament, you know, play the qualifiers. You make the qualifiers just to play Ben Johns in the first round. So I would say use the money to have like a deeper payout structure. So then at least when you get to the main draw first round, you should get paid. And have a system with the, you know, if you have a tour card, you get uh you get your travel reimbursed. Stuff like that. Make it the entry easier. Now it's just getting tougher. Because all the money is now going to these
0: hundreds uh you know. This is why this is why Circuit is so successful, because what they're doing right now for this amateur, they're giving them like money, the possibility like to play those tournaments. Yeah, but it's it's still it's still a drop in the bucket it's still, no. still
4: well the thing gotta, is too if you're a PPA signed player or APP signed player or MLP signed player you don't have to pay anything right like, for example like, I, I, I saw yeah. on Facebook somebody somebody put it's going to cost them to play all three events in the PPA Daytona Daytona tournament it's going to cost $595 to play three events in pro yeah. and that's just qualifying that's not yeah that's, Which that's, that's right I mean I've yeah. done that before well, You I'm know, sorry. even tennis isn't even that expensive yeah. golf like you know it's like if you if you were good enough to go in golf and go play a Q school yeah that's expensive but if you do well, that is lucrative. If you make the main draw in the PPA, you get zero dollars. Oh, yeah,
3: and like, to qualify, you have to win the like quad match. Yeah, you got to, qualify, you gotta go and to qualify, qualify, qualify. And you got to pay. Man. You got to pay flights. You got to pay food. You got to pay rental, hotel
2: rental. You rental, rental yeah, yeah. Cramping, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, the five hundred yeah, I mean, bucks. Like I mean, you're, you're, you're probably if you want to be a full time pickleball player, it's, you're gonna spend 50, 60 thousand. A year on trail i was just it getting to it the- yeah. Yeah. yeah you're gonna get hotels every time <laughs> so it just of- it just it gets it it's gonna be like golf but you know in golf there's a lot more people making money
1: yeah no it is it is a problem because again now that you're paying all these players like you're again you have no incentive at all to help the amateurs out to come up through the ranks so like anybody that's trying to become pro now that's not already signed by the ppr or mlp is going to, as you said, have to shell out like no. 50k just to play all the pro tournaments over the year, um, just so they have an opportunity to go get knocked out by Ben Johns in the first round. Because again, there's nowhere to earn points, so you're always going to get the terrible draw when you get into the main draw. You're going to play the best players that are out there, and then fresh. when you they're do that, gonna them, you're going to play them fresh. They're going to be fresh. Yeah, fresh. yeah, yeah. you're yeah, you're coming fresh. off of four games. They're coming off of nothing, just warming up. They're gonna. They're obviously going to beat you for the most part. And then what that means is now you get no points off of that either because, like, you're losing in the first round every time. So, like, you have nowhere to grow because you're never getting enough points to get better to not play the best guys in the first round, which means now we're just going to have the top 32. will just be the same top 32 every single tournament. And I think most of these players signed, what, three-year contracts? So for the next three years, there's no developmental aspect to the sport. Yeah, at all.
3: You know, one, one
1: other I was, thing.
3: One other thing. Ed, Ed found this out too. It's very tough to try to play against these people, like a JW, like to yeah. get into that group. And that's like the only way they hit it so fast.
4: Yeah. Like, what do you think, Ed? Do you think? Like- yeah, like it's, you know, on just developmental side, there's really nothing. Like APP yeah. did a great job with their next gen program. But again, it's only for a certain age group, you know, and getting to travel and getting to all these tournaments and paying for all this stuff. But there's nothing else. Like I think MLP, the whole minor league setup that they currently have is cool. It's fun. It's a great team environment. But how does that help develop it? It's just a bunch of, it's four random people that show up in a random place, yep. go and win 2,500 bucks and then that's it. And then like, it's just random. Why not make the minor league pickleball system similar to that of baseball or even the G League and the NBA and make it affiliated? Like have the Orlando squeeze, have a minor league affiliate team that also travels around and stuff, and maybe they'll play the week of MLP. Maybe that Tuesday, Wednesday, when they don't play, have minor league. All yeah, well, that, day. yeah,
2: that's all good. But I mean, you, uh, you still
0: have to make money to do to do that. True, true. Let, let me let me tell you a story. Okay, so I have to convince my boss to give me like a day off, and that day off is gonna be on Saturday because I work too on Saturday, right? So I went to play the PPA. Okay, I went. I play like my in my group, like. Three matches in run. run. You can imagine winning like by three, best three out of two. So you can imagine like in the sun, like I'm already dead. Like we're talking about like six matches, right? So now I go to quantify and I play, I win. So now guess who I'm going to play against? I'm going to play against Tyson and Jay. I remember that. Okay. Those guys, they come fresh. And I say, what the heck? I'm already dying. They're just like, oh, we just came here. This going to be our first match. what the heck? So they kill me. And I just realized, oh, yeah. okay, actually, those guys, they do that for a living. Okay? And now, after that, I call my boss. I say, okay, I'm going to do overtime two ball. To pay for the PPA entry. Yeah. yeah. no <laughs> money. I'm not ready for that. So what I want to tell you guys, if you don't have money, because this is what they do for a living. So you not going to imagine like, how hard it was for me like to get to that point to play them. And they just beat me like 11-1. 11 three, zero. Zero. Yeah, you got cried. <laughs> yeah you only had one point uh, yeah. they were I good say,
2: they were well, good points we yeah, only let's won say, let's see what what I'm and thinking. I think they lost the next match like two and
0: two and twos and you know what is funny even the the, the 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 point they they like low point but at the end I'm the one like ended up making the mistake so this is where I realized oh those guys they do that for a living so when I, I I think about myself I say what do you do for living Cliff I build stuff. So this is why I call my boss. And I say, okay, I'm going to take the next project. I'm going to build that fucking deck. This is what I'm good at. So what I want to tell you right now, it's like almost impossible. If you want like to get to the pro to play the pro It's expensive and you're not used to it because this is what they do. Okay. Even you, you may have the skills, but when you're going to play against those guys, believe me, it's not the same yeah but i mean that's that's for all sports
2: you look at uh you look at uh you know so basketball and and football they've got the college system which is great but again you know the the kids that have the best coaches you know the best trainers you know the same thing with with tennis the, the parents that can send them to IMG yeah. become i mean they become full time tennis players from you know like six or seven years old. So it's a money game. Pickleball was supposed to change that, and, and it didn't.
3: Yeah, I would equate it to, like, boxing. Like, if you're going to box a South a box southpaw boxer, like, you got to spar with them. And I, I would say, like, if you're not sparring with
0: the top players, you're, you're going to get crushed. And plus, it's going to be super pressure, like Ed So I'll, I'll tell you something, Joey. I i have been... I play pro in my life, so I know what what... It's very hard. This is not something you can just say, "Okay, I'm gonna be a pro." No, this is this is a this is like a job. Okay, you have to take it like a job. I agree. Yeah. Okay. This is what I used to do. I would train like five days a week, three to four hours, and sometimes six days a week. This is how I become good at what I'm doing. So I I, I train like for three years. What did you train? You, you got train good at something. Yeah. What,
2: did you... <laughs> what did you train for? Are you what are you what did you train for?
0: Table tennis. Oh, table tennis. He's sick at table tennis. Yeah. Table tennis. Used, so, used to be. Used. Were you a pro? Yeah, I, I was living out of that. Oh, okay. So, they, so this is, that was like my living. Could you beat Patricia? <laughs> yeah, I can beat Patricia. Oh, okay. Well, fat. I got a little bit sad too, but. <laughs> God, fat. <laughs> <laughs> too fat? Two fat guys playing. But Patricia, Patricia was a pro too. Yeah. Okay, so this is, he was doing that for a living. So this is the difference. You may have the talent. You may have the skills, but if you don't train, not only your body, like your mind too, because believe me, when you're going to play, uh, in front of like, I don't know, 10,000 people, 20,000 people, that's going to affect you. Yeah. That day was like my first day playing in the championship, championship court. So I didn't know. I was like nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. And I'm going to play first time against Tyson and Jay. Okay. I nervous at first. But I still play my game. But what I realize, I realize, as I say before, those guys, they do that for a living. So I don't do that for a living. I don't have that kind of consistency they have. And that, you can see that look in their face. They want to kill me. Hey, you between my money. I'm going <laughs> to go get my money. Uh, uh-huh. I was like, just okay, I'm trying to have fun. It's not the same. Yeah. So...
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great excuse, but you still only
0: got one third. <laughs> that is, that is like just good. ridiculous. Stuff. They are like not good. Yeah. And that was like three years ago, David. Yeah, three three you years would ago. still Get over it. Get over it. You will still fast. I, I got a little bit better now.
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I think is there was no long-term vision in it at all when they went through that scramble of MVP, oh, yeah. Ppa Like, there was absolutely no long-term vision there. They were just, like, scrambling to sign all the players. And now probably for the next couple of years it's gonna hurt the sport when it comes to amateur yeah, yeah, I mean, So, Because you're seeing the same faces. Seeing, yeah. you see. So, you I don't even watch PBA anymore because
2: and then, and then Lee Waters, which she steps on the court, yeah. she she's unbeatable. Yeah. Ben wins every. The Johns brothers win- I mean how do you, you should- like you can see the future now? How do you yeah? You can see the how future you, you, how how you see- bet on that. Then yeah. then the MLP, you stick Ben with like the worst
1: player, yeah, and he doesn't see any balls. You know, yeah. That's also not great to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the thing is they're gonna have to have to take some notes from the tennis world. I know Ed and I are coming from that world. Like it's uh, it's definitely better if they can like distribute the prize money all the way down, so that even if you make the main draw, you're making something off of that. Yeah. yeah. So that now you can use that money to pay for future tournaments or like train or do whatever, so you can grow in the sport, get better, and get to the level of an Anand or Ben John, so that yeah, now they have. The yeah, I'm not at least like he says if these tour cards, you know, at least get you
4: stuff paid or get discounts or whatever yeah you know make it easier 100 they need to do another another interesting thing um somebody had brought up to me before was one thing to make it cheaper just knock out knock down the fees to try to sign up yeah and just make it a ranking system don't have some random 4-0 that pays this 500 something dollars to just show up in the draw and then get absolutely demolished you know, you it's make, like make, want make to it a mind. ranking they want to make like Yeah, but then say you have no ranking say you are just somebody random like you're a tennis player pro tennis player that's coming in it's like yeah you can get the wild card and stuff like that but in, in the qualifying aspect lower the qualifying drop make it a, a certain amount cap it so you don't have all these random people and then go off of ranking because if you go off of ranking then it's going to kind of fix some different things in terms of you're not going to have the random people. You'll have the people that are pretty bad at pickleball in reality that are trying to go pro, for example. You lower the fees. And one big thing, too, is if you lower the fees, like the amateurs are going to pay for it anyway, right? Like there, there's a thousand amateurs signing up in all these tournaments. If you have the the qualifying brackets be, you know, that little bit smaller, now you're kind of pushing people to go into the amateur bracket and play 5-0. And then you can kind of give, you know, you know how like nationals now, it doesn't, it's not really a, a, what's a the word? circus? Yeah. It's a whole yeah, circus with it. Right. Yeah. It's no longer like, Oh, if you the win gold, yeah, you're in. all yeah. that. Like yeah, gold, the ticket's gone. It's, it's gone. You yeah. could just show up and play it out. Yeah. Now. yeah. yeah Make the five Oh, if it's you a base,
2: send beggar wins. The gold. Exactly. Yeah.
4: But say you're a five Oh player, right. And you win five Oh in a tournament. That could be kind of like a key, your ticket to yeah. go into qualifying in the next pro tournament. Yeah. That could be something interesting. Yeah. And so, and then you bring back the five Oh division and go to these five Oh tournaments. And it's like the one in Cincinnati that AJ and Roger got silver in. It was a good bracket, yeah. but there were like you know I think there were like 28 teams or something solid bracket. But there were some teams that I saw in the early parts of it that were not 5-0. Yeah. There were four fives, four oh, O's yeah, that were oh, playing. You see that, you, you know. To go
2: there But that is also kind there. of like the appeal of pickleball is, you know, you can show up at a tournament, pay a hefty fee, and have a chance to play against. You know the number one player in the world
4: like you're, you're not so going to be able to do that in tennis no nah. <laughs> so but it, yeah but even even those like days are I mean, gone now it's, it's kind of almost impossible for yeah you, you know? yeah those days are gone i gotta my, my i got
1: luck in my like you're paying yeah. to play players that are that you're Doing sin. already playing with like yeah, you know exactly. that's that's the guys that you're playing with is like the guys that are playing the qualifiers all the time are guys that are that you're training with in your area that are also going to be playing the qualifier if that tournament didn't oh exactly location so like you're really paying $500 to go play people you play every day or play people you've already played a lot before because, again, there's no opportunity for growth. So something's got to change on that aspect.
0: So one of the reasons, like, we're doing that podcast, we need people, like, to to have some information and to learn something from us because they might not know, like, who we are. So this is what we're going to do right now, David. So you're going to introduce yourself, like, not your private life nothing like that so talk about your journey like in pickleball so how did you start like where you are right now
2: uh okay so uh you know i played tennis in high school Uh, rugby and cricket was kind of my main sports came to the u.s obviously there's no rugby no cricket but there's tennis but finding somebody to play tennis against is like impossible so um and then I started playing racquetball. It was kind of semi... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Organized. Wow. So there was kind of little games and all that kind of stuff. And then it just kind of died down. And it's pretty hard on the body. And somebody just said, hey, why didn't you come play pickleball? And I said, "Oh, uh, I'll, I'll come play pickleball. And it was pretty good. So, um, <laughs> So I think pickleball what really got me first was the the you know back when when the usapa was running stuff it was you know there was all these tournaments that you can go play and be competitive because that's you know ultimately when i go play golf you know i'm just not going to walk around i need to play somebody for money so pickleball.
3: <laughs> pickleball pickleball that again,
2: that a lot bravo. pickleball um pickleball was was giving me that opportunity i uh, not maybe playing for money until joey arrived so that was really lucrative yeah. so you know we started playing for 20 bucks a game and then uh yeah. joey was doubling up doubling up and it's we sw- i think we ended up uh playing for a thousand bucks a game you and you then
3: $400. <laughs> i will pay you back yeah, i will just,
2: yeah and then joke. the people people just you know they <laughs> started getting offensive you know offended by you know i was playing the money and all that kind of stuff oh, I think they they said you would
3: take advantage of me
2: yeah yeah which i was but uh um, yeah no doubt so pickleball gave me that uh, ability to be competitive um at the moment like you know i'm in a in a little bit of a tough spot to where you know do i waste my time to go play 5 or do i go waste my time to go play pro so i'll just you know stick it out for the next two or three years um, and maybe, you know, uh, get, um, uh, give, give senior pro a, a shot. Uh, we don't have a lot of partners available in Orlando. Uh, time for the money balls, David, time for the money
0: balls. David, I want to know like what, obviously when you start, I don't know, you didn't start like a five or so what was like your process? What did you do like to become like to... Was ball with talent. <laughs> <laughs> it's something you're ball with. Uh,
2: so, no, I mean, you know, when you when you transition from tennis, I mean, I think it's it's a very easy transition. So, um, and then, you know, I, uh, obviously the racquetball was very detrimental because racquetballs, a lot of swinging, a lot of risk. Well, long shot, great. Yeah, long strokes. So, um, and then, you know, I got a uh got a coach and you know that's kind of was pretty good yeah it was pretty good that's kind of the the only way to get better is is i mean you can play a thousand times but you got to get your technique down so you need to get you need to take lessons you know before you buy a paddle you know before you buy Cliffs paddle go buy Cliffs lessons <laughs> <laughs> i don't think
0: the paddle can do the job Unless you are like a two-point, yeah, I will four-point Yeah, so now that's it. All right. What about you, Joey? So
2: basically, Joey started. David, I just say Joey started as a four-five, and he's wow. and he's a four-zero oh now. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't
3: know what he's doing wrong,
2: <laughs>
3: but he's going the he's going the other way. So basically, like David spent like how much did he spend on Tony with lessons? Like oh, probably, fifty thousand, probably half a more. Like, no, seriously, he spent at least 70000 He's taught One me of everything I know, David. But really, Tony, because, like, you know? Dayton. But yeah. I found pickleball five years ago, and um, I really was going through a really tough time in my life. I think that's why pickleball's growing so fast, because there's no barriers to entry. It's cheap to enter. You could go to any park in America and get decent games, not four games, maybe three, five games, but I love it. I think you meet a ton of friends, and I've never taken a lesson, but David did spend like $70,000. Yeah, thank you. did give you a lot of tips, so.
4: It's kind of, uh, Uh, yeah. So you did get lists. And shoes. So, (laughs) what about you, Ed? I took the more traditional route. Like, I started playing maybe two and a half years ago, give or take. Played in my local park in St. Cloud. Played Just was out there playing tennis, and I was was a decent tennis player. I got I think I had the talent to maybe go division two. Like that was, that was about I it. play L2? It's uh, like I played a couple L2s, yeah. L3s, stuff like that. But I was never, I wasn't that good. I, there was no chance for me to ever go division one. You were no good. And... No, not at all. I wasn't even close. Um, and when I, I was playing tennis with an old, with an old uh, buddy of mine and all of a sudden they were playing pickleball in St. Cloud. I'm like, the heck is a sport? Like this is the stuff that's all, these are the lines that are on my tennis courts. And I felt bad though. Cause 40 people pull up out of nowhere. 40 people pull up and they only have two courts on one of the tennis courts. I'm thinking, man, I'm that guy. I want to be that <laughs> guy that's denying these people, you know, their sports. So I was like, hey, uh, you know, I got to get going. A lady comes up to me by the name of Matey, awesome lady, gives me a pal. I was like, try it. Got hooked, never played tennis again. I said, this is, a, this is the worst sport ever. Tennis sucks. So, you know, thank you, Travis and Graham. But they uh, kind of started out just low. I was a 3 5, built my way to 4 0. Won this four O tournament at Clear One, so I can go and uh, play with the with the big dogs at Clear One. Nice. Play four or five, and then just kind of progress from there. And then
3: I met Cl- I met him at at a tournament,
4: right? Yeah. He met, um, we but... played we played your Dad, I think. Yeah, I played. Uh, yeah, I started playing with my dad for a little bit. So our first four O, couple four O, four five five O tournaments played with my dad, and then after this one five O tournament, uh, we played Joey and this guy and Kush. Include. and we beat them where are you man yeah we beat <laughs> we beat them but then after that i realized i think my dad might be too old to play uh to play these young guys that was the last yeah. time i played with an <laughs> crew yeah. after that end of 2021 i tried my hand at some pro tournaments um i was better in singles and i was doubles i couldn't dink for my life i still might not be able to dink no, for all you got a really good guy. uh you couldn't 2022 hard. tried tried a couple more pro tournaments but I think I played like maybe five in a row or something in the spring and then summer just took off completely last fall played. And then this year I've said, might as well just play as many pro tournaments as I can just to try to get better, get my name out there. So, you know, I've had not the results I've wanted to, but you know, I thought that's good one. Do you think that's because of talent or do you think that's because of? The mental aspect. I think the mental, more than anything. I think I genuinely, like I. you know, I don't want to ego myself, but I think like when I played the other day in Cincinnati, I played against uh, James and, and Tyson, and scoreline, we lost 11-1, 11-1. I go back through the video, and I'm my partner and I, Drew, were in every single point, and literally every point that we lost was just an error from us. Unforced, yeah, yeah it's just an unforced error. Like I think the first two points that James got, on me was um, James. I think slapped one at me. I slapped. I, I I scorpioned it and I was on it. Missed it. I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Second point, James speeds it up again. It hits the net, goes high, but it was so quick. I'm on it again. Guess what? Missed. So it's just yeah. like these stupid mistakes, and I'm like, how am I missing it? And then just the whole that was the entire match. It's like 20 shot dink rally, fast hands, reset, miss, and. You know, I think that's just the that's the difference between just a bona fide pro and you know somebody like me that's trying to make it, where it's like you could stick in, you could stick with it ninety nine percent of the time, and it's just that one percent, that one little hit. Eventually, yeah, they, that's they, they do keep it well. all alive. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, they keep it going. They keep yeah. it going. How did Drew play, your partner. Drew, Drew, Drew played awesome. Yeah, Drew played awesome. Yeah. Love Drew.
0: Okay. Yeah. My my question would be like, so some someone that is watching you right now, so what? Can you tell them like if they want to improve? Because as you can see, you start your way like from 2.0 and now you're
4: playing. I'd say play with as many people as possible and go to different parks, go to different facilities, go play with different people. There's no reason that you should stay in the exact same spot and the same park or something in the same court and play with the same group of people day in, day out. Go travel, go play with different people because that's what's going to get you better. So it's like our group at Clear One. That's why we we're, you know, and, and we we're a good group because we all go and play with different people. And then we bring stuff back like Cliff last week or a couple weeks ago, I went to go play and with Tina Pisnik and, and that group in St. Petersburg. And it was awesome. Right. Um, I go, I go to Boca and go play with them. I go to Jacksonville. I'll go to Tampa, St. Pete. Uh, well, what, what, what I've noticed is, and I mean,
2: we've had a lot of pros come through to clear one and Um, you know, we have, you know, a decent success for, you know, working men, but, uh,
0: there's no results in, in, on the tour. Yeah, There's no results on the tour. This, this is what I want to touch, David, because you give an advice, like to the people, like how they can get better, but you never mentioned that you have like a clinic with men. (laughs) No. <laughs> come on you, you're hiding stuff you cannot do that no that's it you need to get lessons you need to take lessons right. from so a good coach. what about not of, what, what about yeah. you yeah. BK? what about you
1: well well i started pickleball um again coming from a tennis background i played all through high school ended up tearing my shoulder had surgery fresh from new york college um came to north carolina went to nc state played club tennis after i recovered and rehab from my surgery but again, like my shoulder would bother me when I was playing tennis. Like I completely had to change up my game because I couldn't do what I used to do before the shoulder surgery. Cause now I got four pins in there holding me back. So it was always a struggle to play tennis and continue playing tennis at the level that I was at. So I didn't get as much enjoyment out of it again, because like I was playing pretty high level and now I had to cut back and play lower level and it was just bothering me a lot. And then, um, this one Thanksgiving, I was uh, with one of my best friends and his family, and at the end of our Thanksgiving dinner, like before we like shut down for the night, his dad came up and said, "Hey, me and a couple of friends are going out to this park to play pickleball," and we were like, "What's pickleball?" Uh, so he took us out that next morning. We went and played pickleball uh, for the first time ever. Uh, I thought I was pretty good at it when I started because again, I come from a tennis background, so it's like I felt natural at like that three o three five automatically as soon as you step on the court. But then got my ass handed to me by a couple sixty-five year olds, and that's when I was like, uh, "This can't happen again." So I need to get better. So that's what really motivated me at the start to get better was because like I'd never had that type of experience with any other sport, like tennis. Like I could go out there, I know I'm not gonna get beat by a sixty-five year old. Like no offense, but like that's just not gonna happen. Oh, yeah. So to me, I was like, when I first went out, it seemed like a very like simple, babyish sport. And then I'm like, there's got to be real skill and real talent to this for like them to be able to play the way they are. And now I need to learn what that, what that is. So like, that's what really got me tuned into pickleball. Um, No more injury issues. Like I was, I was doing really well. So when I got to Orlando, I started playing with all these groups, as Ed mentioned, like I would go play in like 20 different facilities. Like every week I would just go to different places, go to different spots, meet new people. Like I've been by myself in the U S for like six, seven years now. And for me, like, that's how I meet people. It's like, I just travel, I go around, I meet new people on the course. Like, that's how I make friends. So, um, I think I was at this, uh, four or five tournament, I believe, um, in, in our backyard at USTA back when I was still there. And Ed came up to me after a match. I still remember vividly. Ed came up to me after a match, said, um, there's this guy called Cliff. He, he watched you playing. And, uh, he said he wanted you to come like playing, playing this like five O group that he's hosting at clear one. So like, that's how, like, that was when I was like, oh
4: my god, I made it!
1: Like, that was my big moment. And that's that's what really, like, it, it's like this journey of going where I was at 3.5 for the longest time, never got better, and then I started playing better competition, quickly moved up to four zero, stagnant again, and then got to play better competition, got to 4.5, stagnant again for, like, three, four months, I was just stuck at 4.5, and I think I came to the group, like, maybe three, four times, and, like, instantly saw my like game improve because the mistakes that I was making at four five never got punished until I came up to five zero, And now I would hit shots that I would be like, oh, this is a winner. And boom, comes right back in my face. I'm like, I can't do that again. So like, that's the kind of competition that you need to face to like really get better. Because until people are punishing you for your mistakes, you're never going to know what they are. Or you got to go the coaching route where like you look at someone and be like, hey, teach me what the game is, like, help me learn strategy. So that's what brought me and Cliff together to try and make all these videos that we've been making with the instructionals. Like we really want to just help people get better, people that are taking the game seriously, or even just playing at the amateur level. Um, the game always seems better when you're playing better. So you always have more fun when you're playing better. So that's what we've been trying to do and it's uh it's been a great ride.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh we need we need like a take a small break. I think we're gonna we're gonna
1: finish guys. Wanna close out? Yeah, we out of if we're getting, we're already 15 you're minutes. Oh, we only have one talking point. We could probably quickly. What do you want to hit? Uh, the ratings. Run through
2: that. The ratings. Yeah. Ratings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah let's hit that. Real the quick. ratings. Yeah.
1: The court is adjourned. I'm just going to say the court is adjourned, and we're out of here. If you guys
2: don't <laughs> mind, can we, uh, can we end it with a prayer? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I oh, can you say. Then? Yeah. If you're going to end it with a like, chorus, is do it. Yeah. Due to that one, yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we still got. Now we're gonna pretend, devil. You're gonna pretend we're not here on the show,
3: and you're just gonna ask the next question.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then we'll, we'll go there.
3: Your rankings, and then take a breath. Yeah. And then wrap it up.
1: Okay. Yeah. All really. right. Yeah. All right. You introduce it. Yeah. Let me introduce it. We'll run through it real quick. Um, and then yeah. Oh, you don't have
0: to. Okay, said to me. My is going to be shot. I'm just going to say 3D. You want to know something about me? Go watch my Cliff on YouTube You <laughs> All right. Close. Okay. All
1: right. So I, kn- I know I threw out a lot of numbers there, three zero three five four zero. 40. So for somebody that's never experienced those and what that rating means in Pickleball, um, what do you guys think about the rating system? Like, where would you rate yourself and how do you think you can get better? David, you want to kick us off?
2: Well, I think well, so at the moment there's two rating systems. is uh the UTBR, which is uh, the USAPA if I'm correct. Yeah. Which I think is total trash. <laughs> um,
1: this <laughs> is what I call it.
2: Well, I mean, I started as a four-o and I've won like two dozen tournaments and I'm still a four-o. Okay. So if I want to go play nationals, I can go play at a four-o um if that i want to that go, is ridiculous yeah, yeah which is ridiculous <laughs> if i want to play if i want to play in a tournament where there's seating and stuff like that i might not get in because i'm a 4-0 so it's just like what are you guys doing uh so duper i think is is great it's um it's what i don't like about duper is where you can um where you can uh record direct games i don't think you should be able to do that um but apart from that i think duper is duper is on the right track
0: i, I really enjoyed duper i think it's it's nice to see your history and all that can what do you mean by that if people still complaining about it even if you well you them. always remember it's pickable you're always gonna have people complain no it's but nice but david you said, wait, about did it? you see my t-shirt even if my I say i'm a five oh when they see me playing they say uh, i'm a 2.5 oh, yeah, yeah but, but now that is you, that video, is but... your own fault <laughs> because you play like a two.
2: Because you oh, play not at five percent, you know. Uh, so when you put in effort, you're actually going
1: to look pretty good. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, personally, I think Duper took a step back when um, the whole transition happened from pickleball tournaments to pickleball brackets. Because while they were still in the pickleball tournament system, the Duper system was built to automatically record all the matches from pickleball tournaments. So there was a constant influx of matches in the Duper system. So like the the rating was getting constantly updated. Yeah. Yeah. Once they switch to pickleball brackets, pickleball brackets now has their own rating system within their their like system it's called PBR. Yeah. it's called the pickleball Brackets rating. And that rating honestly now is probably more accurate than the duper rating because like they're including more results than duper is now because they're not sending their matches to duper anymore. So like for somebody to go in and, and enter their matches into duper, one either their opponent has to approve it, which when they were in pickleball tournaments, they didn't have to do because the tournament director automatically just sent all the matches through. Or the tournament director has to go in and upload every single match on Duper, which like not a lot of people want to put no. that effort in. So like pickleball brackets rating now is starting to get more accurate than duper because duper just doesn't have the results anymore. Who owns Duper? Uh MLP, Steve Co. Okay, so and who owns Pickleball brackets? Somebody else. Uh Dundon.
2: Okay, so don't you think with the merger that you know they're gonna. You would assume.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping I think it's. It was just part of the the whole. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you like, know, one up each other. But, yeah, but the the thing is, like, are they gonna just combine the two with the PBR and the Duper, or do you think it's gonna have to be where one usurps the other and just becomes the official branch? The PBR and Duper, you know, just merge. Easier said than done. We'll see if they can cooperate oh, again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, this is what we have, so. What Okay, you say? I'll be clear there. Good.
3: Yeah.
4: it for hours. Yeah,
0: Okay. okay, for now, this is what we have. We have to pray, so nothing we can do about it. And I think it's getting a little bit better. Now people understand so. Now, when you're watching the game on TV, it's not the same when you're watching the game on live. So this is why I think, in my opinion, most of the people, when they see you playing, David, they say you're like 4.0 at best. 3.5 at best.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, well. side note. I mean, who posts my videos? I don't know. Oh, Russian. yeah, yeah. The Russian. The Russian picks up. I'm gonna address that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, unless I play a great game and I yeah. missed a call,
0: you will post it. Otherwise, you will no. But the, the thing is, the game. Russian has to post the game you run, so it doesn't matter if the game is great. But if you lost the game, you know you're not gonna see that game. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, he'll only post it if he won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
0: gotta defend Mark. He, he plays games, <laughs>
1: he loses,
3: him. and I will say, Mark, did Mark told me this yesterday. He goes, the person out of our group gets the most views. Period. You. That's why you get game tape on our channel. He really doesn't like you. Man.
0: That 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 is not that is <laughs> a new Contract Joey. That is in your contract. You have to say uh, that. You might have to. Mark, do the wrote, it and Mark, Mark wrote it in. Mark wrote it in. You have to say that. <laughs> Defend me at all times. You <laughs> won't. Well, okay. I think, <laughs> I, I, I think we're going to do the, the outro now. All right. And I'm just going to say uh, I'm ready. Yeah. All right. To that camera. No, not yet. Oh. Thank you guys for making the drive and come and talk with us. We didn't give them a choice.
3: Yeah. Wait, Hopefully... start again. I was looking down when you
0: said that. Oh, it Sorry. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank you guys for making the drive to come and talk with us. Hopefully this is this is not the last. Even we know that our good friend Ed is leaving. So what's up with that, Ed?
4: Where are you going? We went, uh, moving up to Charlotte, North Carolina. So...
1: Jack Sock needs a partner. Yeah, I mean, wow. uh, Selkirk buddies right there.
0: So, I'll tell you something. Why are you moving? So, there's pickleball out there?
4: Oh, there's yeah. A quick playing. No, no. Pickleball is big up there. So, I'm going gonna, to gonna play with everybody up there. And hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll get a little better so uh, I can get Jack as a partner one day. let no, see you guys. Yeah? Awesome,
0: man. Uh, we're going to miss you.
4: <laughs> okay. So,
0: again, thank you, Virus, for sponsoring this episode.
1: And yeah, we're ready to close out. Yeah, we're ready to close. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> how was
0: that? I was like thinking, yeah. how good we to do. Yeah. You want me to do the outro? Well, yeah, we do the outro we'll right after that. So we have can to I be here for the outro. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you can. yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. He's gonna, I'll think, just do the entire thing. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna all do all the, the entire out. thing all right. because. Yeah. Close
1: voice is dying. Like he's, I feel legitimately bad. I'm His not voice supposed to be like talking. Looking into this camera?
0: Joey, let's <laughs> finish.
1: All right, ready? Looking into this camera. Close. All right. Thank you guys so much for showing up. Uh, we really appreciate it. Of course, now we got to go play some pickleball, so we're out of here. But. Thank you guys for watching, Um, always appreciate the audience. If you have any feedback and stuff that you'd like to see for our next episode, leave that down in the comments, we'd love to know what topics you'd like us to cover. If there's stuff that we missed here that you'd like to add on, again, just put it in the comments and we'd be more than happy to get back to you. Until then, the court is adjourned and we'd like to thank Voris Pickleball for sponsoring this video.